Welcome to The Gold Pod, your new favorite podcast with Mason Versluis and Meg BZK. How is that? That's perfect. Is it? That's perfect. <laughs> Thanks for letting me do the intro today. Been a while though. Yes. It's been a while. We missed a few we missed a few weeks there. Uh when why was that? Why did we miss a we've few weeks? We've been just busy. Like we've honestly had only so much time in a day. And we have so much to focus on right now, mm-hmm. like between everything that we have to get on our plate. And I think we've just been prioritizing, but I think that's it. I think we're kind of through that now. So I think also we need to film during the week and not leading into Friday or anything. I don't know. Does this Friday? shirt look funny? Am I embarrassing you? Not at all. Not in my red socks. Guys. We both have new shoes on. Look. Look at my red We're gonna socks. Talk, look, I still have the StockX tag on the shoes. Are you sure this doesn't embarrass you, me in red socks and a big man, man t-shirt? No. <laughs> anyway, hold on. But that is something we're going to talk about in a second here is the shoe obsession like that you shoes. have. I shoes. Yeah, these are from my beautiful girlfriend. She actually bought them for me. Yeah. She bought them for <laughs> me. That, is that shocking to you? No. 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 We both like to gift each other things. Yeah, it feels good. feels good to do that every once in a while, for sure. So, yeah, it's nice to be back anyway. I miss this. I miss having this. So, anyway, we're here. We'll be here weekly. Yeah, just um, drop a like, comment, subscribe, turn your notifications on, listen on Apple, Spotify, everywhere, if anyway. you're not already. Yeah. So, let's get into it, though. Yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about these, sh- about shoes. I am, I mean, we've got these books here. You're obsessed, but you're ending your obsession. (laughs) So I say, no, you know what? So this kind of came for me from Jet, like being interested in sneakers and stuff and not having any idea what he was talking about and then wanting to feel like I could have conversation with him about shoes. So I started researching and started looking into it and I didn't know the sneaker game was a whole thing in itself like the sneaker game is a whole industry and that's kind of crazy to me it's no joke people no making joke. millions of dollars having just way too many shoes for one human like we it's uh, really we've always been kind of like that though i mean my grant that comes from my grandma i mean you go to her house and she's got laundry baskets of shoes and high heels in every single room and like at Christmas one of her Christmas trees in her house is a shoe tree so everyone throughout the years has bought her like little shoe ornaments and Mm -hmm. they're up and there and yeah I don't know so it kind of runs in the family a little bit I guess but I've never really had a shoe obsession um and then just diving into this I wanted to learn about sneakers what has shocked you the most so far about your learning how big the industry actually is but in but order what, what what part of the industry though are you talking about just shoes or are you talking about this reseller thing I'm, that's happening and all that not even that but i'm talking about the more nike jordan era and the is. you know like the old school new balance and reebok and adidas and kind of the originating like shoe culture and where it came from because I've always loved fashion and design, and that's something that you've always loved, too, to a point. Like, you do, like, designer wear and, like, that quality and seeing those custom things, right? Yeah. Um, But for me, just, yeah, I don't know. It's been interesting to dive into, and I've been having fun. And, you know, 
at first I was like, okay, I'll maybe like collect some and hold them, but it just doesn't make sense because I'm not the type of person that can just have them and not wear them in my house. Um, and, you know, having Jet being a part of that too and doing that for him. But I mean, he's still so small that when he's older, we don't know what size shoe he's going to be. <laughs> and yeah. we share shoes now pretty much. Like he is the same size. It's really hard to, I feel like it's really hard to define whether you're going to actually make a collection. Are you going to wear these? Like, but that's a whole debate that the resellers have too. It's like, as soon as you put them on foot and you wear them out, yeah. it's devaluing it just like a car. Well, and that's where I found like, I know which ones are my favorite and kind of what I want my collection to look like like I really love the UNC blue mm -hmm. like the Jordan UNC blue the university blue and so I think I just want to focus on you know collecting those ones slowly because those are my favorite yeah um, like I don't want all the dunks specifically or you know all the Jordan retros or anything like that but I think I just want to collect that UNC blue I'm totally mm -hmm. into that color right now though but it also is in season so when it goes out of season will it just fade yeah what's your favorite color of sneakers black <laughs> black anything with the like these with the black and then an accent color or white with the accent color is usually what i'm going for but i like the jordan one highs or jordan one mid yours are yeah. the jordan one mid those other ones that you have the yellow but ones. i like the highs i honestly like yeah jordan highs only yeah and you then like, like air the force air ones force too ones. you yeah. really love air force ones yeah i i do like the off-white air force ones in the unc blue in that blue color and you like the ones in the black yeah the off-white nike collab yeah. is. we have the book right here we do yeah, have the these book books right here. are are beautiful i keep be catching myself in this uh video and i feel like i look so, like such a slob today so i'm sorry mm -mm. i'm sorry no slob such a slob um so yeah anyway like the shoes are fun i mean it will is you, what it will is will you be a reseller no because in order to be very profitable well you know what if there's certain ones that come out that i really want to get my hands on any specific collabs like this collab seem to do the best if i can get my hands on one and i decide to maybe but you know in order to be very profitable as a resale you need to have stock and you know that's a whole business in itself and it's just yeah. not something that i'm passionate enough for to do consumes you it'll Cons consume totally. your whole life that's a whole yeah life no thing and that's that not profitable. the industry like i want it to be fun a fun yeah. industry and whatnot so it but is see, what it is we've talked too about like if you were to just garner a big collection because you love it and you think they're going to go up in 10 years. But then you, you're you not You're able them. to sell them though. Like we were talking about that, right? Because you actually have a following of people where you can put up a shoe and someone is going to be like, how much for those? Or I want those. And they'll buy them off of you. But just as a normal person, I don't even recommend really starting a shoe collection. It's going to be so <laughs> hard to sell off those, right? Because they're e-liquid assets. You can't just go and like always find somebody who's going to buy your yeah. shoes because there's a range of sizes too. Right. Yeah. And and there is like trends and patterns as to like a, a men's shoe and a woman's shoe and what does best, yeah. uh, what sizes kind of go first stuff. And again, like it's, I, I like learning that stuff and now I kind of know, but for me, I like to wear shoes too much. I wasn't going to wear these. Jet was like, don't, don't wear those. So I'm wearing them in the house, but I'll wear them. And then he's like, you're going to crease them. Yeah. Yours Have you creased aren't going to crease, are they? These Yours are like a fabric toe. Yeah, these kind of look like anti-crease. But I that wore cool. Air Force Ones for a long time with an anti-creasing 
thing inside them. It's like a plastic thing that you put in and you can't actually crease your shoes. Interesting. But you have to wear it and it makes them way more uncomfortable. There's a way to get Um, rid of the creases too. I saw, I was reading about that the other day, but. Speaking of sneakers though, we want to show off some. Talk about that. So super awesome. Hold these ones. I'll get the other ones out. (laughs) I only brought my, the my size one. That's okay. So my favorite real world artist, Brendan Murphy, um, he is the creator of the Boongie. Um, so you'll maybe have seen this. He does the Boongie Spaceman. It's this big space character. Um, and it's got graffiti all over it. So he's also done art that's in, oh, it's all over the world. He's got it in Antigua. He's got it in STK Las Vegas is some of his art. But all over. He's a world-renowned artist. Anyway, I had purchased the Boonji Project, which was an NFT, um, and that was his collection. It was basically the NFT version of his art, but he has now come out with the Fast Sneaker Project. So we're not going to get into NFTs too much, you guys. I know that's, that word scares a lot of people, but since we're on the topic of sneakers, he did send both Mason and I some kicks and now, this is he, not an ad but no it's did not send an us ad these ones yeah uh, each of us some pairs let me show those more up close yeah so these are the these are i like <laughs> these ones better than the whites but these are actually really clean too so and high quality he took a lot of time designing this actual shoe but what's really cool about these black ones is this is his art now the beige ones that we have are just the plain version now they are doing the fast sneaker project and it is the luxury shoe but they're utilizing nft technology so they're going to only release a certain amount of these and if you claim them you will get a custom pair of one of one sneakers with his art on them and i think that's just so awesome and really showing the world the next step of nft and ai and web3 technology and kind of incorporating it all into fashion and design so i mean we don't have to spend too much time on this today but since we were talking about sneakers we're like well if we get there we'll bring this up i think it's super dope and anything that has the fidgetal is what they're calling it right the fidgetal p weight p h y (laughs) digital like physical uh and digital connection is just yeah automatically doper than than an nft that doesn't attach to some kind of physical thing yeah a lot of people have problem or some kind of problem with people collecting nfts because they feel like they don't get anything and you're just saving an image like i can just go save your image right that was the whole meme but when it's really tied to a real object and people can uh verify that you are the actual owner of these as well we're talking we talk about sneaker fakes like fake sneakers it can all be solved. Totally, yeah. It can yeah. all be solved like that with even like the StockX uh, verification <laughs> tag, right? Like this is something that proves that they verified. This should be connected to an NFT right well, there, right? That would be really cool. Maybe that's the next step for them. It's got the QR code and everything on there. I haven't scanned any of mine, but yeah, no, definitely. Super if it was connected project. to an NFT, then it wouldn't be able to be effed with, right? Like it's Basically, yeah all immutable and on the blockchain it's there and it's there forever so 
you'll always know. But yeah, really awesome. Shout out to um, Fast Sneaker Project and to Brendan Murphy. I personally love your work. We will actually drop down an affiliate link in the description yeah. down below of this video. So if you guys want to get your hands on a pair, I highly, highly recommend going, signing up with that link down below. Um, yeah, it's awesome. I'm excited. And they are dropping June 28th. But get your name on that list. Do not miss out um, because he is a very, very highly respected, world-renowned artist. Yeah. I think he does like Grant Cardone's work, and I think he's worked with Shaq before and some other major, major players in the space. Uh, the tennis player, what's her name? Williams? Williams? Roger Federer or whatever huh? his name is. <laughs> anyway, all right. So that's the shoe talk. Yeah, I'd say but like we we got <laughs> we accidentally shopped too recently down on in uh we went to Whitefish. Yeah, that so was Whitefish is only how how long did it take us? Two hours and five minutes. Yeah, it, it's a, such a quick drive from here. Um, Whitefish is one of my favorite places, I think, and I haven't gone in in years. I mean, I fly out of the airport close to there sometimes, like Kalispell, Whitefish, Montana, but. We just got in the vehicle the other day and we're like, let's go. And it was nice down there. So we did a little bit of shoe shopping down mm -hmm. there. We went to Target though too. So, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Babe, should we talk about this today? Should yeah. we talk about this? Because this is kind of going on. We need to talk about it. Yeah, we went. So we went to Target when we got there. And I love like the home stuff. The um, like Joanna Gaines, her line is in Target. And so anytime I'm in the States, like I feel the need to go to Target. Plus, we're running around looking for Prime. Prime <laughs> and all the good snacks yeah. that the States have. I'm going to get up for one second and just close this. Below here. Grab this. And then boom. If you guys heard any dings, that's because my telegram was open. But yeah, we were <laughs> in Whitefish for a few days. Shout out to the lodge. I love Whitefish Lodge. Yeah, shout out to the lodge. The place we stayed in Whitefish was very nice. We rented a condo and there's not many hotels. I think that may even be the only one that's actually on the lake. So we yeah. had a lake view, lakefront property, first floor. That was amazing. I think so, that's what made it so great. Yeah. And just time with you, we actually put our phones down for a bit. It was super relaxing and wake <laughs> up every day and just walk out and just beautiful. I get to spend it with you. Uh, but shout out to the lodge. It was yeah. like... Awesome. If you're looking to just go and stay at, with a lakefront view, like just go and get one of those condo things. It's through the hotel. You're not booking an Airbnb or some kind of thing. It's it's through the lodge. The other put you in there. The other thing with Whitefish is you go to a lot of places in BC and it feels like touristy and it feels like it's been touched. When you drive through Montana, it just feels like kind of an untouched forest. And it's even in the though USA. it's not, like a lot of people from Lethbridge do go down to Whitefish you know, on the weekends and stuff like that, which we didn't run into anybody we know, surprisingly, um, yeah. that weekend, but kept to ourselves, just did our own thing. But we went into Target, and we actually got to see the the whole Pride display went before, like right as it was about to blow up on Twitter and everyone this, was about it was to a get day, mad. day or two before, literally. Yeah. And we went in there, and obviously we do a quick browse, and I think it was you that, like, said something about it because we were in, the like, a kid's section. 
Like yeah. we walked in and it was the women's section and then right next to it was the kids section. Yeah. And here you have these little baby outfits and some of them said like queer on them. Now, yeah. I'm going to start by saying before we do talk about this topic that I am in no way, shape or form like do I have an issue with people that, you know, choose to be gay or are gay like I have a lot of friends that are gay just being from the dance world and stuff and I mean it is what it is so just because we're going to talk about this and maybe have like different views than other people doesn't mean we're homophobic doesn't mean that we are you know against stuff but there is some stuff against that that I feel like I'm against and that's when it comes to the transitioning of children yeah but then putting it on clothes for babies, right? Because mm-hmm. then you're, like, going, like, then if, here's the thing. That shit is not going to sell, first of all, unless you're a messed up parent. Because you're putting, like, the parent has to be messed up to buy it and then put it on a child who doesn't know what it means at all, right? So how is that even going to work? Like, with a six-year-old or... There was like six year old clothes. No, baby clothes. Like, like there was like clothes. little baby yeah. onesies. Um, so the ultimately, short onesies. like the, the parent is the messed up person if they're gonna buy that and put it on a kid who doesn't know what Could, what that word even is. Because that's something where like they're making that choice for that kid and putting them in a position before that child can even make that decision or anything. But even then, okay, we spend a lot of time in our industry and what we do on Twitter. And that is kind of the place where we see everything. And right now it seems to be a lot going on out there. Like I could care less what you do as an adult. Once you're of legal drinking age, you do you. Even then, like the 18, 19, that is a bit young in my opinion, just because again, your brain doesn't fully develop till later on. However, it, you know, it's how, yeah, when, when you're an adult, you do you, do what you want. You want to dress like a woman, you want to be gay, you want to, you know, feel like you're a different gender than you were at home or later on in life. Like, I don't care. However, when I'm already concerned about if they're teaching my son about transgenders in, sex ed or um health Mm -hmm. class in grade four at school because that is going on in a lot of schools around the world or in the united states and canada already that's when i step back as a parent and go okay there's there's a major issue here because that's something we were never exposed to i don't know if you were like obviously there's some years between us but there's and you live in you know coming well coming from a big city, right? Whereas I kind of came from more of a small town. It's a little bit different. Yeah. There's like two different paths. Like the, there's one path, which is clear that they're trying to get it legal or they're trying to, um, get it normalized and get rights established for a third gender basically is what they're trying to do. And that the other side is, or the other path that it could take, which I hope it takes, is that these are just the the problems that are going to happen at the start. And then there's going to be actual legislation put in to put an age limit on it, just like smoking products, alcohol mm-hmm. products. It, it just needs a legal age thing on it. 
That's all it needs, right? But there's two paths. They're either going to try and normalize it to be just like a normal thing. And the fact that they're pushing it on kids shows me that it's kind of leaning towards that. But it ultimately, too, comes down to the the leadership in the United States who is who is not acting on just putting an age onto it right away. Put the 18-year-old, you, you cannot transition to another damn gender unless you're 18. I don't think there's, I don't think we should, we should, uh, say that you can't be a third gender. No, no, like if that's a decision you want to make as an adult and you want to transition into a different gender, again, you do you. But when it comes to children, like it blows my mind to a point that we're even having this conversation. And as a parent, it does frustrate me because that's something that my kid is going to be exposed to a lot sooner than later. And Mm -hmm. we have to have that discussion. But you know, of what there's, there's right and there's wrong. And if you're letting kids make this decision to surgically change their bodies before they can choose their bedtime and whether or not they want to get a high school diploma, because this is happening with kids around 12 years old, if not younger, like you have to think about you at 12. Like I, right. Like I didn't even like 14 to 16 was kind of that time that you really even start to, you know, go to a party or something like that. But age 12 to make a decision about your body that is damaging for the rest of your life. But then you think about, okay, who are the adults in charge of this that are making this decision that this is okay? Yeah. Like that is an issue. And I feel sorry for those kids that are exposed to parents like that, you know, are, okay with that and pushing that on their kids just to play devil's advocate though you never know if that 12 year old is yelling at their mom behind closed doors saying i'm gonna kill myself i don't feel like a boy i want to be a damn girl and i'm gonna kill myself if i don't here's the thing do we put a age do we make it so that you can only change your genitalia at 18 but if you want to live as a kid as a girl and that's how you really feel and you're feeling that way because there's been a bunch of Twitter stuff, too, about some famous uh, person's kid. I forget who it is. But they were about to transition, and now they're, like, back. They, like, found themselves through that. So, also, though, if you say to a kid that you cannot change your gender or or basically be who you f- are feeling like you're supposed to be by 18, if you put that limit on it, are we going to increase suicide rates in children? Because these people are so whacked that they will kill themselves are if they can't change. Are we allowed to even change. say that on a podcast? Kill oh, yeah. Like no, we can say that. and stuff? Okay. We can, <laughs> I'm we like, can... are we allowed to say that or are we going to be No, YouTube is hushed. decent as long as it's not in the first five minutes of the video, actually. Yeah. That's how it works. But, that, but I'm just playing devil's no, advocate. No, and I, I understand that and I see that. But then that's up to, like, people need to have those resources available. Because in my opinion, that is a mental health issue. There is something not right there like there is a chemical imbalance or something kids have been exposed to to even get that in their head where is that coming from now we can go ahead like the first time this really was spiked hard on social media was this whole dylan mulvaney thing with bud light right was bud light and again and not to mention the swimmer like that's Mm -hmm. another issue i have you know with transgenders and that third gender competing against uh, yeah. 
gen, you know, like but the that, gender you were born with. Yeah, that doesn't. There's like two things going on. There's the third gender thing, or claiming to not even be a gender or be both. But then there's just biological men trying to become biological women and get and get all the same treatment, mm-hmm. rights, same sports leagues, same everything, right? Yeah. Again, if you're an adult and you want to be a man or a woman and you were born a man, don't be competing in women's sports. Like, that's yeah. just unfair. And the fact, again, that there's even a conversation about that, we are not born the same. You, Our chromosomes you, are born not to, born the you're same. You're born this or that. There's but no there human is, that comes out as, like, a third non-binary gender. It but never there's happens. a conversation out there going on right now that that third gender should be able to compete in sports against Well, not the, the third gender. gender. You're saying... There's an argument that a biological male who want, who turns into a woman can compete in women's sports. Yeah, and sport. that's what like that their yeah. gender is. The I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Right. But is this something where it leaked? It like was initially a sexual preference, mm-hmm. or it was like fashion, like RuPaul and drag and all that was in the nineties mm-hmm. too. Nineteen ninety. That's been going on a long time, like drag shows and, you know, drag and that that's fun. Like whatever. If again, if that's what you want to do, but that's like happening with adults, then okay. But again, now you're realizing like you've got Pride Month and great. If that wants to be celebrated, like then then celebrate it and do it. But at the same time, now there's so much coming out about like at these pride parades the stripping that's going on in front of kids, but then that's up to the parent to not take their kids to that. So I do see that side of it as well, right? And it has been going on a long time, but social media is just giving more and more exposure to it. And then when you have big brands like Bud Light jumping in. Yeah. And why why do you think that they felt necessary to do that? Do you think it was they're just trying to go along with the trend? They're trying to be relevant because... There's so many diff- different reasons why it makes sense for them to do that. Yeah. It To me, it doesn't... It's like, number one, all major corporations are controlled and will push whatever agenda is at hand. Number two, they're going to ride the trends because it does good for business no matter what. Donald Trump, any publicity is good publicity. Number three is that... Uh, when you're such an established brand like Bud Light or Target, I said this to you last night, when you're th- when you're that much of an established brand, people have forgotten about you basically. So the only way to get your name in the news again is to do some outlandish uh, outlandish bullshit. Cuz you it's hard to remind people that Target exists. And the way they do it now is to do some kind of big stunt like they did or push the most controversial agenda. Why does Target have to do that? Right? They're trying to remind you just once again. Walmart's not in the news. Target just wants that boom. Like from a business standpoint, it makes all the sense. But you, you can see all the headlines saying we lost money. They're losing billions. Oh my goodness. But no. You now are are focused on Bud Light and you're throwing energy into that every day on Twitter. It's just like it just makes sense in a lot of ways for them to do it would that stop you from buying like your favorite you know kombucha of choice if your kombucha no. company did that gt dave is gay and yeah. i still we're not talking it. about or the, he, if like he was a about if, gay things like it 
it's not a gay thing. If that Jeffree we're Star about, had a kombucha, I would buy it. Yeah, but that's right? n- also like, it's kind it, of different with Jeffree Star, right? Like, yeah. it's it's not. No, Dylan Mulvaney on a Bud Light can doesn't make me yeah. stop buying it, and it yeah. won't stop majority of people. From, I don't really ca- like. I don't care about that either. I mean. Are they trying to normalize it? And why are they trying to normalize it? The only issue here that I have is when it comes to kids. Yeah. And when it comes to, you know, adults thinking that it's okay for kids to go through major surgery at the age of 9, 10, 11, 12. Yeah. Because they've all of a sudden decided they want to be a different gender. Yeah, that is the issue. But also... The normalization of this, Mm -hmm. just at a baseline, is going to expand sexual preference so far that even when those kids become adults, they will, it's just breeding a new, a new generation of people who are going to push that. Mm -hmm. It's a new political party at this point. They are like, that's why I'm saying it's a sexual preference that leaked into like, we can get power off this shit. We can be like this new species of human and get rights for us only like it leaked from that like it exploded too far because it was cool before like it was normal before and and nothing there was no problems before they started demanding rights and shit and demanding you to call them a certain pronoun or something like how can you be such a free human being and you're genderless and you're you don't care who you have sex with it's like this fluid being but then you're demanding someone to call you a certain word. Like, how are these people? That's how you know they're just messed up. Because you're supposed to be beyond words. If you're some androgynous, like, sexual, just free being, why aren't you beyond words yet? You care what I call you? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the people I like out of their whole camp mm-hmm. are the people who are the genderless people that are just free. And they don't care mm-hmm. about words. It's kind of like Jeffree Star. Jeffree Star hates on the transgender stuff all, and the LGBTQ all the time. And he's one of them. And he gets flack from his own people for that shit. But that's because he's beyond that. He doesn't care what you call him. He's whatever you want to call him at any time. So, But that mindset, I, I kind of support almost. If those people want to go for that and just go for this genderless, just fluid being who does whatever they want to do, then do it. Like, there, it's just, it's been warped so and badly. Like, Do you think that Chris with Mr. Beast, do you think that that has had an impact on the kids' side of things at all? Because we know Mr. Beast has watched a lot in this house, and it was brought up the other day. With, but like, Jet asked us, like, is he becoming a girl? So that conversation was had. But do you think that because kids watch Mr. Beast, they are, you know, they've been around that for years now. Do you think that that's having an impact it, on it? it yeah. Had, it had a big impact. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that. And again. Big impact. He's an adult. If, if that's what you feel. I mean, I think personally, why have a wife and kids if you kind of knew this was, you know, the route you were going to go. But again, to each their own. That's your life. Like his life you you do what you want and if the people around you are supporting of that like i as an adult okay i get that but i'm just curious if that's had an impact on the youth because they do have such a a following and is 100%. is that a positive impact or is that a negative impact 
and the way Chris has imp- the way Chris has connected it to anime culture and kind of like he's living out his fantasy and dream of being like an anime character. You can see that in it. I don't know much about anime. <laughs> so he wants to be like this cute little uwu, they call it uwu girls and e girls. Like he wants to be that. And I really think that Chris from Mr. Beast, the money switched him. The money switched him. Once he realized I am good for life and my kids, 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 kids are good for life, he kind of probably thought, like, I'm just going to split with my wife. The money will numb her, numb all this pain I'm about to bring on my kid and her, and I'm just going to go live this fantasy with my money. Have they split? Have they? Was that There's a... no way they're still together. I don't know at all, but mm-hmm. I think that I was his know. thinking. Like, I'm good on the money. I, I have the fame and everything. I'm finally going to just... Mm-hmm do this because i have the money for the Mm -hmm. surgery like people don't realize there's a big financial thing here too like it's almost like this it's almost like being a becoming a woman or becoming a man from the other gender will be like a a career path because you need to spend so much money on it it's gonna like is he becoming a woman like think about that is he becoming a woman when someone says that, are they becoming a woman? Like, that being a normal sentence to say. Yeah. I mean, again, like, teach their own once you're an adult. Make those decisions. Um, just don't push it in the kids' faces. And whether or not he's been pushing it, I don't know. But I do know that that's being brought up now because, you know, that is a show that is watched in a channel that's yeah. watched often. And it is what it is. That conversation, I guess, has to be had. It's kind of... Uh, yeah, it's a different thing. I can't, I still, as I said earlier, just can't believe we're having even this conversation that it's even a debate with around kids right now. But. Yeah. Is what it is. Yeah. Uh, and let us know your guys' thoughts in the comments too. I know like the area we come from in terms of online personality is like. Mm-hmm. really down with having a hardcore discussion about mm-hmm. this stuff and kind they're also against the like indoctrination of kids like mm-hmm. pushing this shit on kids like though all the people we are with on twitter are also of that mindset mm-hmm. they have common sense basically is what and that, that is what it comes down to it comes down to common sense we weren't born three different ways we were born one of two ways yeah. It's common sense. There's two ways that you're born and you are not born the same. Those genders are not born the same. Yeah. We have different attributes. But drop it down in the comments below. Let us know. <laughs> anyway. How do we transition away <laughs> from that? Away from that. Um Well, let's talk I about the sports thing like Yeah, with, with this with Riley Gaines. I don't even know what the with the person's name is that is competing or whatever but um i don't know i just don't think that men that have transitioned to be females should be you know allowed to compete in professional level sports i mean even amateur level sports at at all you look at fallon fox who was an mma fighter way back in the day and you know that's been circulating again people don't realize how long ago that was um you know a male should a biological male who has transitioned should not be able to compete in the cage with a female athlete especially in fighting it's you are not the same you are different and um 
I don't know if they need to come up with a new category for that. That would be you cool. You know, and then, and that's a way that to, cool. you know, okay, what's the issue? How do we solve it? What is yeah. the problem? How do we solve it? Here is some a solution for that problem. We are going to create that third gender. We are going to create a category for that, for um, those who want to compete in that category. And there, we found a solution. Just make it a genderless category. Yeah. Like, even if you're a man that went to a woman or a woman that went to a man, yeah. you can fight in that league yeah. or that area. Mm-hmm. And people would watch yeah. that shit. Like, if there were, like, drag queens yeah. fighting <laughs> against each other, people would watch Yeah, it. totally. So, there, you know, there's input on that. Um, but then you also come across, there's these women who have worked so hard, like Riley Gaines, their entire life and dedicated everything and sacrificed so much to compete in these sports and to do this for a living. And like yeah. that has been their path their entire life. And all of a sudden now they're losing out on, you know, yeah. gold medals because somebody decided to become a woman and yeah. has taken that away from them. Um, and then there's the whole change room debacle too. That's like, I don't yeah. even in airports, in airports, having these one gender, like I don't want to send my kid into a bathroom by himself or vice versa. Right. Yeah. And we're seeing so much come out about, you know, sexual abuse happening yeah. and, and stuff. And this happens across all genders though. It's not just, um, the, the transgender that we have, that this is an issue with, like this yeah. does happen across all genders, but there is some focus on that. How do you feel about that? I'm just kind of rambling on. <laughs> I, I'm exploring like a counter perspective in my mm-hmm. head right now. It popped mm-hmm. into my head. Everybody knows there's a shitload of problems right now with this. Everyone knows that. And if you're denying that you're one of them, like you're one of the people that are causing the problems. Everyone knows that. So is this just roads before traffic lines and traffic lights is this just a a situation like that then my mind goes to like what if the administration and the government of the united states does actually have the best interest they're making sure that this problem is magnified to the extreme so that they can come down with the hammer at some point and put in legislation that really gives guidelines to this shit right you can flip that you can either say like why you can blame the government for pushing all that shit on us and kind of try to say it's them that's propagating it. But what if they're just trying to magnify the problem as much as possible? Right? There need there needs to be there needs to be car crashes before you can realize that there needs to be a traffic light. So there need there needs to be bad change room interactions before and it's sad that we even have to like have that happen to realize like that's how that that shows you how far the common sense is just gone. Gone. <clears throat> is that we need to have somebody get into a bad thing in the change room with like a transgender mm-hmm. or something to even know that mm-hmm. we need to put like that's so but stupid. Should women but... be or even men like should you and this goes both ways like if people if uh, females want to transition into males I mean I get that it goes both ways but. I was listening to Riley Gaines kind of tell her story and they were talking about, um, you know, the transgender in the female swimmer changing room, right? And, you know, them having to kind of deal with that and I don't know. I just don't like, there's just so much with it. Yeah. Let's talk, uh, let's talk karate though. (laughs) Well, that's a jump. Do we want to talk about that in here? (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) <laughs> like in, in this well, episode i thought yeah, we were both do... like 
declared done with talking about the transgender done. shit. I'm done with that. I'm <laughs> moving are on. You? Yeah. Or you got more karate. to talk about on the sports? Because no, I was trying I'm to bring good. up the sports thing to transition into talking about karate. You're doing combat. great. So I, did... I love you, and you're doing great. <laughs> so karate. Yeah, we got invited to the karate combat event. When is it? June 24 in mm-hmm. Miami. If you want to meet us and watch some dope karate, I mean, that's priority. <laughs> You're coming there for the karate combat event. But we will be there. Um, I'm excited for this event. Me you know, too. it's. I have so much respect for martial arts around um, and all of the martial arts sports. I mean, I obviously have my favorite, but I. The, like karate combat and adding um, that comp- like the combat aspect and the boxing aspect to the karate, I really like it. It's very fast paced. The rules with karate combat, I mean, they stand you up after five seconds so you can punch somebody that's on the ground. So I'm so intrigued by the cardio of of these guys and these these women and I think it's going to be a super fun event. I'm excited to see how it kind of grows and evolves over this next while too. Um my background's MMA like I I but I love the the kicking and all that so I'm I'm super excited. Yeah. I I really want to be on record looking directly into the camera <laughs> saying that I personally think this will be bigger than the UFC or Ooh. as big for you little idiots who are going to have a problem with me saying that, this shit is, in my opinion, on the same level entertaining. And they're innovating. Dana White doesn't do shit to innovate at all. He, he, It's just facts. He doesn't do shit. Jake Paul is innovating MMA. way more than, than Dana White. But Karate Combat is positioned in a way to be like a next generation fighting league. Like UFC's old at this point. Like it's decently yeah. young still. But and, it, and I don't think it'll go down. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I think combat sports in general are the biggest they've mm-hmm. ever been right now. Mm-hmm. And who is that because of? A lot of people. Jake Paul is making it bigger with the kids. Right? Like Conor McGregor never really ap- appealed to... 13 year olds not really I it said was this like before, but it's really come in like when the females started fighting and it became like that's really the time where i felt like ufc really started to popularize and when they got their uniform like when they went to the ufc and uh like their uniforms they had the reebok sponsorship and then the venom sponsorship hmm. um i think that was really kind of when it became popular too because before they used to be able to wear whatever they wanted, they had different sponsors like the individual fighters did, and then they went to a strict uniform, and that's really when I think the UFC really became popular. But why? Like I'm not I think sure. you're discounting just... how much the these individual stars oh, I don't... are credit should be credited for actually blowing well, up. I'm the not UFC. discounting them that at all. Oh. I'm not discrediting that at all. Maybe I didn't mention it, but absolutely, like they you know, having that social media exposure. Social media has brought a lot of exposure to that and um, these characters that some of these guys do play and it's entertainment. You know, the UFC and these major cards that are on mainstream television, it is also entertainment. So, you know, the thing with Karate Combat and I haven't been to a live event yet, so I am excited to see what happens and stuff. Like, I do respect all martial arts. I love wrestling and I love ground game. Um, but unless you train that, 
yeah. it can be a little bit boring. Like, you know, you see these fighters in the cage and they'll be pressed up against the cage and they'll just kind of be standing there, head control, um, kind of just controlling each other's bodies on the cage. People are going, oh, break them up, like move them, like stand them up if they're yeah. on the ground holding. Those are some of the most tough positions to be in. You are human on human mm-hmm. using your body weight to try and keep another person on the cage that is one of the hardest positions to be in but as somebody that trains you understand that you understand what's happening on the ground so it's exciting and it's fun but to a lot of the masses and a lot of people that don't train these martial arts sports you don't know what's going on and you go okay there's just two guys hugging it out on the cage this is pretty boring so Karate combat doesn't have that side of things it's fast paced you're standing up you're getting moving um I mean, I missed the other sides, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think it's going to be a blast. They have, there's just so much, like I could list off of why I'm, I'm so bullish, as we say in the crypto space, on this. It's, first of all, instead of the cage, it's a pit with 45 degree angle walls. And you are allowed to run up the walls and flying kick somebody. <laughs> Like this shit is it's just, just like positioned the Anthony like, Paytas kick in the UF in the that's true. cage though. Like, but this is made to encourage that, right? Mm-hmm. And then one of they say one of the main scoring or the main scoring mechanism is aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. So instead of having how the UFC scores, which yeah. they do count aggressiveness too mm-hmm. and who's controlling the fight and stuff, karate combat directly has aggressiveness as one of their as the main scoring which is why it looks so spastic like you look at um mma fighters and um mma fight and a lot of the time like the that pace will be pretty fast paced still but they seem to have a lot more control whereas from what i've been watching with karate combat so far it does seem quite you know spastic and i just want to tell some of these guys to like relax your shoulders and you know control that distance that do you feel like when you watch an MMA fight, like a high-level MMA fight, versus watching a karate combat fight, which one do you feel is more like um, uh, volatile in terms of one punch can actually, like, knock that or get that person? Like, one punch is more dangerous. Which because when which, I watch, are you kar- asking in which sport is one punch more dangerous? Like when you watch it, because when I watch karate combat. It feels like if this dude hits him, he will go down. Like, for some reason, it just feels more like... It's if, just the pace. Is the gloves different? No, it's the same gloves. I'm think, I think they're four-ounce yeah, four gloves, I believe. Um, but with that, it's again, it's just the pace and yeah. the high kicks of karate. Now, there are karate-based athletes in the UFC, too, who do, really? you know, have those... You know, you look at um, the karate hottie, and there's... Yeah, there's... Wonder Boy, um, who have George St. Pierre, they yeah. have this karate background, um, but they also are allowed to incorporate the wrestling and, um, I don't know. I, I understand what you're saying though, but what you're seeing is the, the pace of those kicks yeah. and how quick they're coming. Yeah. Um, and in a lot of these fights so far, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of control no, with some of these fighters, right. whereas in that cage, you have to be under control or you can get taken down yeah. or you can like overthrow a punch yeah. and someone can get under you to, you know, wrestle you to the floor. So I do see what you're seeing though. Um, but I just, you know, that can happen in MMA too. Look at the flying knee that knocked out Azkren by Masvidal, right? Yeah. You look at the flying knee. That could have been a flying kick, karate yeah. kick. It would have been the same thing, but. I feel like watching a, 
a high level MMA fight, it really is. And someone doing so well, like Conor McGregor specifically, mm-hmm. it is straight up art. The oh, timing, absolutely. it is just art. Whereas when I watch karate combat, is it just that some of these guys aren't too deep into like they don't have too many fights it feels more amateur in the fact that they're not making it look like art and there's no one that's really really Mm -hmm. standing out as like holy shit when you watch them i think that like i don't have a huge understanding of all these fighters yet i've started to look into and watch and um and gosh all of their names are as we know, I'm bad at pronouncing them, so I'm no, going to get these names, names down. Like... They're hard to pronounce, and I don't ever want to do anyone disrespect by butchering them. Mm. Um, but I think it's just going to take time to watch. Um, I did watch an interview with one of the guys on this main card, and I'm sorry, I forgot who uh, I forgot the name off the top of my head here. But he was saying that he just doesn't have a lot of time in his day to train other Um, aspects of martial arts and other forms of martial arts. So he grew up doing karate and that was just kind of what he stuck with. Mm. So he's able to, you know, get in karate combat and do well. Whereas in martial arts or in martial arts, in MMA, to train for an MMA fight, you're going to jujitsu, you're going to wrestling, you're going to kickboxing, you're going to see your boxing coach, you're doing your conditioning. It is a mixed martial arts. And there's ways like, you know, if you're going up against somebody with a kickboxing background and you've got your form, yeah, you train train a certain way, but there's a lot more to learn in MMA as opposed to just karate combat. But, but karate has all those different styles too, right? Which yeah, there's we different styles of karate. There's and then there's like your Taekwondo and yeah. um, all of these different categories that fall under karate, which I'm not um, very knowledgeable about yet, but I'm getting there. Um, and it's a totally different style. Like they. I find it fascinating that they fight with their hands down because in MMA, like, you you cover, yeah. right? Because you're open for punches all the time. Yeah. But these guys, they're using their leg to, legs to control yeah. that distance. And, you know, um, I was talking to my coach the other day because we train Boss Rutan's system at our gym. Um, and he is one of the founders of Karate Combat. Um, and we've always trained his system at the gym. But, you know, he said distance, ang- dat, it's called dat. And it's distance, angle, timing. He kind of even said that like him. Dad. Though, in his accent. Dad. No, distance, angle, timing. And that's um, for karate combat and, like, that style. And even in MMA, that's something that's so relatable both ways. Distance, angle, and timing. Controlling your distance between your other opponent. Hitting your angles. If they're throwing that punch or that kick, you're hitting that angles. And then your timing, knowing. Mm. Right? So, There's, There's also, like, a lot of other stuff I see with it. Like, we didn't even mention that they chose one of my favorite and your favorite cryptos yeah. to build a token on yeah. that the fighters get a cut of yeah. and the fans get a cut of the they're trying to have the betting like kind of be in-house where they also have their hand in the pot on the betting there's this the virtual like the graphics yeah behind so cool it's so uh genius yeah. and futuristic like think about the background of an mma like a ufc fight is boring as shit you can maybe pick out Floyd Mayweather in the in the back shining with his chain. Guys, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. It's not boring. I'm talking about the cage is exciting when the camera's in the cage. But what's behind the cage, you just see a bunch of fans. Well, they, they have they're innovated. Fill, but they're filling the arenas. This is that's, a very small event at this point, around 1,000 people, right? Kind of That's maxed. true. But 
I wonder if they'll keep this virtual effects because they put all the sponsors but it, up there and like this beautiful like I watched one where they I think they were in Dubai and they had the fighters come out of a portal. Yeah. They the, and that's you can do that. Like you see boxing fights and stuff and um the UFC, it's just not so much theatricals. They're not yeah. um, so focused on that entertainment side of it. But UFC events are fun. I went, went to one down in Vegas, and like it's, and you still have graphics. You've got the big screens and stuff all over the venue, and that was at T-Mobile um, Arena. But you do have that, but the focus isn't as much on like the theatrics and. Um, even boxing, like boxing, sometimes it drives me mental with how these, you know, the fighters come out and there's just so much put into that. Like, let's just focus on the fight. Let's focus on getting this done. Um, but I mean, if the UFC fighters came out of a portal, like that would be cool too. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, what else? We'll go to an event and we'll go to, we'll go and check it out. Having the... Yeah, no, having no stars yet that are, like, shining and making headlines from Karate Combat. The other thing is their audience, they have they haven't expanded into the USA fully or Canada yet. And it's coming. That's just it's obvious just... that that will just blow it up to a new level. Yeah. Um, no, it's yeah. coming, but that stuff takes time. But you see now they've brought in George St. Pierre, like, who was at their last event. They brought in uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson from you know, the UFC, and so them posting on their social media and stuff, and it's just a, it's a snowball effect. It'll happen, and their events will start getting bigger and bigger, right? Unless they plan to keep them small. But I think it's super cool that, you know, for you, originally it was H-Bar, Hedera Hashgraph, yeah. that they're built on, which is, you know, a cryptocurrency project, blockchain, or I can't say blockchain. <laughs> I almost did um, a Hashgraph project, like Web3 project that Karate Combat is built on. So that's what really brought you into it. Even though I'm in the crypto space, I could care less about that part at first. But it was like, whoa, the martial arts side. So they're really, you know, there's a variety of people that this will hit, I think. Yeah. But No, this could be one of the biggest. I mean, just having that on HBAR is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Like that can... That they could easily be the number one token in the H bar ecosystem, like easily. Are you but sleepy? The other no, I just yawn. Are the you other tired? thing, not really, kinda. It's a full well, full moons kept me up the last few nights. The other thing though, I want because there's like a couple different like marketing things in in the fighting world that I'm seeing right now. One is facilitating an uh, an undefeated fighter all the way up. They need to have the zero, right? And then you got to get another Kai with the zero, and you need to put them together to sell pay-per-views. But that's, like, that's not to biggest. sell pay-per-views. That's your record. You're fighting the no, best. I understand, but they it almost looks like in in the boxing world, like they don't care after they lose or something. Like they want that whole... It's so pro, it's so coveted, and I feel like it's after Floyd went just 50 and 0, and now he's doing exhibitions. It's like he just wanted to cement that and not lose and know that he didn't lose. But you put two undefeateds right now and it's popping. Like it's making all the rage. And then obviously there's the, the influencer boxing happening. Jake Paul trying to step in. Uh, but then also another thing I see is the crossover events are massive right now too. Like you got Tyson Fury 
wanting to fight John Jones in an MMA fight. Like, you got Jake Paul mm-hmm. and Nate Diaz actually going to fight in August. There's also so, a lot of money in there. There's a lot of beef behind the scenes, too. And Will there ever be, though, karate combat and, and UFC crossovers where someone from the UFC, like Mighty Mouse, they just had a clip of Mighty Mouse on his stream mm-hmm. watching karate combat. I, I could see some guys from like the MMA world fighting in karate combat, definitely. I mean, I, I, no, I... absolutely I could. Um, whether or not they'll cross over to MMA, I'm not sure. I mean, oh, a lot of, a lot of these guys too. do it all as well. This is just another league who seem to be treating their fighters pretty well from what I know so far. And that's another thing that um, has to be taken into consideration with this sport too. Like you're putting, you're risking a lot with your head and putting yourself in a very dangerous position. And these guys need to be taken care of financially and uh well respected so i mean if they're stepping up and doing that in karate combat then you will have guys cross over and come over this way absolutely um yeah though though i think yeah if they can get some of those Mm -hmm. happening like well-respected ufc guys coming over to to fight mm-hmm. like once karate is more established once contracts are done too right like these guys are in contracts yeah. you can't forget about that and in the thing with records too is like if i was managing a fighter i want that fighter to win so i'm gonna go out and hunt for those fights that they can win exactly if i'm yeah, managing right. a fighter that's how i'm gonna get that record because your amateur record in fighting it goes away as soon as you take a pro fight. So that pro record is really what matters. Like there's guys that even my coach, he'll say, keep, you know, fight as many amateur fights um, as possible just to get the experience in there and whatever. And then eventually when you do go pro, like that record is the one that sticks. That's the one that matters. Like as far as amateurs go, just get that experience, feel it out, figure it out in there, um, get, get better. And then um, adjust. But as a, if you were managing the fighters, you want them to have, the best record possible. And that's where I'm not going to, you know, that's where those big events, they are going to be record against record. Like you're, you're not going to put your top bantamweight against your worst bantamweight if you don't have to, right? Like on these events. So that sounds like what Jake Paul tries to do. Like, let me go and (laughs) like, think about all the crossover things. Like he's done. Like he's been doing crossover things from the start. Like getting Ben Askren, Tyron Woodley, and uh, Anderson Silva. Like yeah. these are all. Those are all. Emma, is Ty, uh, Tyron Woodley is UFC, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. They so, all so had good. to cross over, mm-hmm. and of course he he knocked mm-hmm. them out. Well, not of course, but mm-hmm. no, not of course at all. Other... I don't think anybody um, expected it. And I have to say, like from watching Jake from the beginning, I kind of, I really thought it was such a joke at first, but I have gained so much respect for him for um, the amount of work that he has put in. And that's all the guy wants is to be respected too, like across the board. And he's just so under uh, rate, rated now. I think that he's yeah. putting in the work and I think he's got as equally good of a chance as any of these guys. Um, you know, I'm a huge Nate Diaz fan, probably my favorite. He's, him and Anthony Paytas are two of my favorite fighters of all time. I mean, obviously Khabib as well. Um, but Diaz is probably number one. And, you know, it's anybody's it's anybody's game. You think so with his fight with Jake? I, I, I don't want to say that. But, you know, 
you know, I didn't realize the size difference of these guys too. And, you know, you go, oh, size doesn't matter. And, it, you know, it doesn't always with MMA because you can – this little dude can go and out-wrestle this big guy. If you're a wrestler, you've got – you're so much more uh, ahead of just the kickboxer, I feel. I really do feel that way. Like, wrestling yeah. is the number one martial arts sport, in my opinion. Um, but I didn't realize the size difference between Diaz and Jake Paul until their press conference. And that's when I was like, all right, like Jake's got some power behind his punches and I haven't seen Diaz just strictly box. And he's not going to be able to take punches, I don't think, and stand his ground like he does with you think so? the other guys with the big gloves. Because uh, I, what I've been hearing from like comments and stuff, people commenting on the fight is that the 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 sentiment is that Nate won't won't feel shit with boxing gloves or something like he's mm. not going to feel anything with these gloves with big gloves but maybe it's a, it's a bit different I, with it. I, like, i'm not sure if they fight 10 ounce gloves Jake, or like in a eight boxing? ounce gloves i don't or because they yeah, are I boxing don't know what it is. Right? no i i know yeah. i'm just saying in with boxing gloves i'm not sure what the weight is oh, yeah. um but I, I know Muay Thai, like with Muay Thai and kickboxing, like that's where your face gets messed up. Not with yeah. MMA gloves. Like those big gloves do damage. 16 ounce gloves, uh, like for, your 12, 14 and 16 ounce gloves aren't as bad, but those uh, 8 and 10 ounce gloves, they'll definitely do some damage. So uh, we'll have to see. I hope Nate's really putting in the work. And I, I mean, is, Jake yeah. is putting in the work. So I think it's going to be a good fight. Maybe we should rip down a Texas for it. I would love to. That'd be fire. Yeah, it's but, a, we're talking about it. We were talking about it the other day, but it might be the same weekend as the conference out in Toronto. So we got to. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I would skip a conference for that for sure. <laughs> the thing is, after seeing like how much Nate loves the the actual sport and represents the sport, he's not one of these guys who just wanted to get a big win record and then no, he's taking losses and he just keeps going. Seeing that though, he's not. He he won't fake a boxing fight. You think he would fake a boxing fight? Like, it is going to be a... Like, it might be a real just embarrassment for Jake Paul. Like, if... if I, I just don't really see Nate, way. Nate Diaz fucking losing. I'd put my money on Diaz at this point. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you really, like, step back and look at all of it. And um, Jake's got as good of a chance as a lot of, you know, these guys that do yeah. train boxing. And he got a new team and, and stuff like that, too. So... You know, th let the let the better man in the ring win that night. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think Jake is ten times stronger because he took a loss. I think also Ryan Garcia is probably going to come mm -hmm. back like crazy off of that. Diaz also has experience. He's yeah. also had those fights. And like, someone would he, say to he, that he's he also a vet old in the space, right? And Jake's like the. I, you know, I don't age. Look at Chris Cyborg. Cyborg's what thirty eight ish, I want to say, but I don't. Th my coach is fifty six, I think. Yeah, fifty six, fifty five or fifty six. Sorry, coach, if you're watching, because uh, I don't know. But I look at him and just the, you know, that experience can sometimes be, you know, all that you need. Well, not all that you need, but it can it can win your fights yeah. too. So anyway, I think um, should we wrap it up? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for watching. Make sure or you listening <laughs> for or listening. Yeah, it's a podcast. Hit the like button, subscribe, comment what you guys want us to talk about. If there's a topic you want us to cover on this gold pod, and uh, follow the socials so too: TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. 
Yeah. And uh, that is all. Bye. <laughs>